to Rollercast by Rollerfit. I'm Stacey. And I'm Amelia, and happy to be back here, Stace. Yeah, definitely. Mm, mm. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about trauma recovery and roller skating, which Mm. is basically an extension of what we were talking about with Enzo in Mm. our interview in our last episode. So yeah, we're going to have a bit of a chat about trauma, mental health, and skating. We've had a huge response to it. Mm. We've had a lot of messages, emails. Mm about how other people have experienced trauma and how skating has helped. And yeah, yeah, we just thought we would get more into that topic. Yeah, it's probably one of the biggest responses we've had to, you know, to an episode or or whatever. So, yeah, really interesting. So I guess before we get into it, it's important to put a trigger warning up front that we're going to obviously be discussing trauma, mental health, things like depression and anxiety, um, and I'm going to not go into too much depth, but, you know, I'm going to talk about my own experiences with like domestic violence and and abuse. So we encourage you, you know, keep an eye on how you're feeling as you're listening through this episode. Feel free to stop listening altogether. You have our permission um, or to take breaks from listening. Um, If you're feeling upset, it's always a good idea to call or reach out to a trusted friend. Just send them a message, see how you're, you know, just make sure you're feeling okay. Um, and I'm going to put this up front and maybe at the end as well, but in Australia, um, we have a couple of really good like helplines that are 24 hour operated. Um, so if you're feeling like this really stirs some stuff up for you, please don't hesitate calling lifeline 24 hour free confidential crisis support line 13, 11, 14 is the number to call. And for our younger listeners, there's kids helpline which is also free, private and confidential 24-7 line, uh, 1-800-55-1800. And they also operate an online counselling service if you'd prefer to type rather than talk to someone. So that's at kidshelpline.com.au. So just putting all that out there at the start that in Australia, for our Australian listeners, that's where you can get some help if you're feeling, you know, kind of upset or this this yeah. this brings something up for you. Sorry, all our non-Australian listeners. Um yeah, but, but, you know, please, if you're feeling upset or moved by anything, reach out. There's always people who will be there to help you. Yeah, and we hope you enjoy this episode. But like we said, you're welcome mm. to switch off at any time. Yeah. We're not offended or switch off now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stacey and I were talking about doing this episode and like, should we, shouldn't we? And, you know, even posting on social media, like stuff comes up all the time yeah, that triggers me. and we both feel triggered me. by certain mm. things. We both had very complex, complicated upbringings mm. and we chat about how certain things definitely trigger our emotions and our anxieties. Mm. So yeah, we don't want to trigger anyone. No, so. if you're not feeling strong today, don't, don't do it to yourself. There's no need. If you feel like you want to come back to this episode later, we'll be here. All right. So with that, let's jump right into mm. it. So a lot of people may know this already or for the people that don't, Amelia is a trained social worker and now works as a researcher doing her PhD mm. and will draw upon some of her professional knowledge in this episode, which is awesome. We discuss also our personal experiences mm. with trauma, uh, both of us growing up mm. in a complicated situations yeah (laughs) complicated upbringing yeah and yeah the purpose of this episode is to provide a space for reflection on how skating specifically can be helpful contribution to our mental and physical health and well-being Mm. as well as some tips on how to manage mental health around your skate life none of this is professional advice no uh, but it's just personal experience and a bit of help from Amelia social work research yeah background yeah you know, upfront, really appreciate people reaching out, sharing their experiences. So I'm looking forward to sharing them yeah. some of those as well today. So yeah. So Amelia, trauma. Why trauma? <laughs> well, we'll talk a bit about what tr- what I mean when I say you know when I use the term trauma. But for me, trauma is kind of like a non-stigmatizing term, and that's why I like using it. I like applying it for myself and and using it generally as well because I feel like. When you talk about trauma, you're looking at the cause of mental and physical health issues or relationship issues. Um, It's not blaming the person. It's more kind of going, well, you've had some experiences that might make adult life or, you know, life difficult for you. Mm. Um, So for me, I guess naming trauma and, and thinking, you know, how it might play out in my current thoughts, my relationships or whatever, it's actually quite a self loving and self caring thing. So I, I use the term trauma a lot. Um, for like kind of a collective term of, of, you know, difficult experiences that people have been through that have changed the way you see the world and the way you might function in your relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing is too small. Uh, Totally. Yeah. The word. 
So Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So moving on, I guess, to like what is trauma? Yeah, like, what is trauma mm. first? I mm. guess personally I've always just heard the words depression or anxiety mm. or oh you've had a hard upbringing or you mm. know that's no good that you had to watch you know someone go through this or, or whatever mm. I hadn't really heard the word trauma used like this until I think I met you yeah so well, that was like five years ago so yeah. yeah explain a little bit more about what is trauma and I guess what comes under the word trauma yeah yeah so as I said trauma is a you know, a kind of collective term that we might use for difficult ex- or form, you know, experiences that have affected us that might have been quite formative. Um, generally, trauma or kind of what flows out of trauma is a response to events or situations that take away our agency, so our control, our sense of power, um, and at least temporarily overwhelm our ability to cope. So you've heard, like, you know, when you use the term survival mode, Often we're using that in relation to some kind of traumatic experience or event. It's like your body just kind of goes into that that survival mode where your stomach, your digestion shuts down, your nervous system, so your heart rate, your breathing um, kind of heightens um, and you're in this kind of, I guess, hyper alert mode is what you call it. So that's one form of response to a traumatic thing happening. Um, Another one is something that we call hypo alert. And that's where instead of becoming active and ready to like fight the threat that comes, you switch off, you shut down. So you, you might, you know, kind of zone in and out um, of awareness. People sometimes have like problems remembering things from their past. This might mean that when they were younger, they kind of switched off, you know, to protect themselves, to survive, to, to keep safe. So there's no right or wrong when we're talking about trauma. It's just like survival tactics and, you know, things that we developed in response to difficult situations. So you said before that there's no such thing as, you know, too small. I think that's an important point because there's two different types of trauma generally um, that I guess academics and researchers talk about and as well as psychologists and psychiatrists, whatever. There's big T trauma. So big T trauma is like one-off events or crises, something like a natural disaster, a man-made disaster, an accident, maybe even an an assault, um, which can and do have really significant effects on our well-being. But I guess I'm referring more commonly to what's known as little t trauma. So little t trauma is also known as complex or developmental trauma. So this involves traumatic experiences that occur over long periods of time and often in relationship with others. And it often includes experiences of like fear and powerlessness and things like child abuse, um, you know, sexual abuse, domestic violence are all examples of these. So, you know, intense stuff. And, you know, as you said, that's not to diminish the one-off things because they can have just as big an effect no. on our... Or as you say, the things that you might not remember as exactly. well as a kid. Yeah. It's like you're, you've squashed it and you've put it away and you've yep. tried to get rid of it, but it's coming out in other ways, right? Exactly, so, But yeah. you don't really remember yep. the exact trauma, right? Yeah, So yep. it's your memory. Totally. I think a, a, many people have had that experience. And another way that this has kind of been this complex trauma or developmental trauma, little t trauma, has been conceptualized in the research is um, there was this huge study that was done, I think it was done in the 90s, um, uh, with a lot of adults, like 16,000 adults in somewhere in the US, I think it was a California-based um, study, and they used the term adverse child experiences. Okay. And this is shorthand is called ACEs. So this is kind of relatively new and emerging research. And to summarize it for you, basically, it's like the more adverse experiences, the more difficult or traumatic experiences of loss, um, even so like the death of a loved one or divorce of parents can also be an adverse experience or even a pet. The more kind of adverse experiences you have in childhood, there's actually quite a strong and emerging connection with health issues later in life both physical and mental health issues. So it's kind of like the more of those experiences you have, you get what's called an ACEs score. So you do this test, it's only got like 13 items or something and you look at it and you go, okay, you add it up and the amount of adverse experiences that you have, you know, yeah, there's a pretty high you know, correlation. So interesting. It's interesting Mm. that it's only coming out now. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's crazy to think because we're like 32 mm, and mm. yeah, it's yeah, so, so new. Yeah. It's good. It's good it's, coming out. It, I think it's really good because I think childhood trauma particularly, it's not a very like 
hot issue. Like it's not seen as something that we need to direct public resources to. But the fact that this research is coming out shows that even more resources, even more, you know, energy and and public attention should be put into those early years and supporting families, you know, uh, through this. Yeah. So it is really important. So yeah, that's kind of a very quick overview of trauma and what I what I'm talking about when I talk about trauma and and refer to myself yeah yeah that makes so so much sense Mm, mm. very very interesting and I guess people can look up any of these totally online just google um, and we'll put information in the show notes um, for sure yeah so you can have a look there yeah I was gonna say as well like I'll share I might share in the show notes some particular authors that I really like um and not like super academic stuff but stuff that I find very accessible if you're interested in learning more about trauma um I was gonna say something that's yeah easy to read yeah you know you don't have to read 100 pages to understand what's going on and even like I follow a few pages on Facebook just on trauma-informed you know living and and there's just some really great short articles and evidence out there at the moment um it's it's become quite in vogue and I say that in a good way like services um stuff like um government services like counseling like trauma-informed care is kind of the the buzzword um and I think it's really important it's like about seeing a people as holistic and all of their experiences as like contributing to to who they are Mm. exactly Mm. wow Mm. so Let's get into it a little bit more. I know that you wanted to sort of elaborate a little bit more on your experiences with trauma. Let's jump into it and, yeah, give us a little bit of a background into what you've experienced and maybe a little bit of help for other people and Mm. I can jump in. Yeah, point. contribute wherever wherever you can. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I did I did want to share a bit more because I think I alluded to this in the episode with Enzo and I had a few people messaging me very respectfully, but being like, oh, you know, I really connected with what you'd said and I thought, oh, might as well share a bit more because I think that's really Why important not? in breaking down stigma as well. Yes. So I'm pretty open with most people that know me that I have experienced complex trauma in my past. So I, I did have a childhood that was very complex in many ways. Um, and part of that complexity was around like, you know, I grew up around violence and there was domestic violence. So that was like kind of physical, you know, abuse and stuff going on, but also kind of like psychological and emotional abuse. And I found that to be like really tough. Mm. Um, that actually affected me in, in I think, just personally more long lasting ways than, the other kind of stuff that was going on in my life at the time. So I'm pretty open about that. And I'm also open about the fact that up until pretty recently, I was, I was doing like intensive therapy for like over five years. I was doing that. And that was primarily because as you were like, kind of, you know, you mentioned before, like, you know, the trauma catches up with you Yes, and it caught up with me as, as a young adult, um, like the coping mechanisms that had helped me to survive a very, difficult childhood that served me well for a really long time was starting to crumble and I you know I was at a point where I didn't trust my own judgment I didn't really feel safe in my own body I had high high anxiety I was feeling really depressed I felt trapped in the past like I felt like I, I didn't know how to make choices for myself that were healthy and and good and I just got to a point where I could see you know I'm not really coping and this is going on not a very good path mm. for me. And my ways of coping were I was 100% a workaholic. Yeah. I didn't see that until years later, but I threw myself into my work and my study. And, you know, I think part of that, part of the reason I went into social work was because yeah, of my trauma and because I wanted to learn more about it and and find out, you know, why I was the way I was, like what what you could do in relationships, how you could help others to kind of basically manage their trauma and, and make that better. Um, and I don't think that that's a bad reason to go into social work, no, but it kind of meant that I was – I'd got to a point where I was kind of compulsively caring for other people and and you're so emotionally invested in totally totally and I just got to this point where I was like you know when you put all of your worth into your work uh, and for me that was partly into like caring for other people so people in my family um Matt even like you know when that's the way that you define your worth 
I don't know, to me, it just kind of ran out at one point and I was like, okay, I've got to deal with this. So I have to say that committing to therapy was honestly one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah. Um, it was expensive. I have some jokes with some other friends, some other social work friends that like I've spent a house deposit in therapy, oh, wow. <laughs> um, which is that a big well deal in it. Sydney, people. Um, but yeah, look, it was, I, I 100% see it was the best investment ever. And I think part of the reason for that was that I, I had a counsellor that I really trusted, that I really felt safe with, um, that I developed a relationship with over such a long period of time. So there was so much trust there that I could actually go and explore my trauma, um, grieve things that I'd never been able to grieve before, look at stuff, pull it apart and do some really beautiful healing work. And it, it changed my life. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm not saying that I'm at the end of a, a journey. I think that healing from trauma is a process. And I totally think I will go back to therapy at probably at several points throughout my life. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I think stuff comes up, you know, you can't control life. Other trauma happens, loss happens. And, you know, it's totally fine to go back and check in with, you know, with someone for a short or a long period. Most definitely. Um, so yeah, I yeah, huge investment, totally recommend it. Um, I think it's key to you know, I might share a little bit of this later in the episode, but I think the key is finding a, a really good counselor, someone that you trust and a, a method of therapy that's helpful to you as well. So I chose to go the route of um like what's termed like psychotherapy so um, it's called emotion focused therapy that's what I was doing yeah and that's generally a pretty good treatment for people who want to deal with some pretty like deep-seated past trauma from childhood um in Australia we have a really good um Medicare system where you can get like 10 or 12 sessions for free oh yeah it's, it keeps minimizing <laughs> yeah so it's eight sessions for free with a psychologist and that can be so good to help you this is my experience that can be really good to help you get through like a particular crisis Most point definitely. and it can give you some really good tools to be able to deal with your maybe anxiety or like whatever's going on for you maybe there's a situation that's making you depressed that you need help to move through but for me I knew because of the complexity of my past I needed to spend some really solid time yeah just 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 having some more intense therapy yeah. um but that said um in recent years I've actually gone to a psychologist who's a fatigue specialist because I suffer from chronic fatigue now and it's been amazing like having that those tools and stuff shorter term so short yeah. or long term there's people out there who were amazing and skilled and, and know how to support you. And it's interesting that you say about how this trauma can mm. come on as anxiety or depression mm. later in life. And yes. I find that super fascinating because for me personally, I started getting anxiety very badly at about 25 or 26. I just came, it's like it came out of nowhere. It's like mm. I was living on this, you know, pretty good life and working and traveling and everything was fine and I never had felt like I'd suffered from anxiety at all mm, growing up but maybe mm. I did but I'm <laughs> yeah you just didn't name it as that at the time exactly mm, possibly and then I just started getting anxiety really really bad to the point where I'd be driving I would just flip out and just mm. have to like call my mum kind of know what's wrong with me I can't breathe da, da, da. and uh it took me uh, it took me a while to figure out where that came from I don't understand Everything seems to be good. And I remember of all people, we spoke to Amy, who owns our mm. Roller Fit Melbourne-based business. And she said, mm. you know, there's probably an underlining reason of why you're getting this like crazy amount of anxiety. And I guess I spoke to a few people about it and I sort of always knew I had a very complicated upbringing, but I don't remember a lot of my upbringing mm. at the same time. And mm. as you say, I just used to push it to the side and I'm not going to go like you, I'm not going to go into details of mm. how my upbringing was, but it was super complex and um, it is very different today to yeah. what it was back then. There is different people in my life that were in my life back then. And mm. yeah, it's like it all came up in my mid twenties, like yeah. out of nowhere. And then, yeah, I went to Medicare and got the eight, I think it was eight yeah. free sessions. And it just actually just going to the session and confirming that that's why I was having anxiety mm. was mm. one of the major turning points was oh this is the reason yeah it's so validating why. yeah it is mm. and it made me feel better that it was like okay it was you know some things that happened in the past that was triggering it that and a mixture of owning a business because <laughs> owning a business is very stressful, stressful. enough yeah so, like, I was you know 
sometimes it would be worse if I was having like a, a financially hard month or a financially mm. hard year. Mm. But yeah, so mm. interesting that it can really happen later in life. It, it just comes out of nowhere. And on like, that note, like I think it's really important to note that a lot of people who have experienced some pretty intense trauma actually are really high functioning adults. Because you had to grow up really quick, quick, right? Like you had to learn how to survive yeah. in a difficult world that taught you grown-ups aren't safe, like yeah. adults aren't safe. And so, yeah, so you know how – You become independent at yeah. a very young age, I yeah. think. And that's really good in your yeah. when you're studying and you're starting to work. Like, oh, I've got this sense of independence, but it's interesting when you get mm. into your mid-20s and you can be so independent that you don't let anyone help you. Exactly. Which is my problem. Yeah, yeah. I became so independent that I struggled to ask yeah. for help. Yeah. That was part of my problem too. For me, I was very codependent. I had a very – I don't think she would mind being talking about this, but like I had a very codependent relationship with my mum. I was very – worried about her all the time, very afraid of what she was doing. And I didn't, to be honest with you, like I got to 26, 27 and realized I don't have a sense of self really. I don't really know what I like, what I like to do, who I want to be, who I want to spend time with. It was just like I was caring for other people and trying to keep them safe. So I wasn't thinking about myself. So while I looked really high functioning and fine on the outside, on the inside, I hadn't actually had a lot of the childhood experiences that a lot of other people my age had had. So part of my therapy was finding those like childlike parts of myself and being able to get in touch with those again and be like, wow, that was amazing. And like giving myself those experiences yeah. as an adult. And that's where skating came in for me yeah. because that's where I, my childhood self came alive. And I, and I, yeah. And it was like giving myself a gift, going back to skating, which I did at around the same time as I started therapy. I discovered roller fit and met you. That was, yeah, it became it's a huge so, part of my healing. It's so mm. interesting about the roller skating too, because I did roller skating as a child yeah. from when I was about three, four years old. And my dad took me, my mum my and my stepdad hardly ever took me. Skating is the thing that really, really, really helped me. Yeah. Like as a child, it was the one thing I love doing this. I love going with my dad. My dad would pick me up three days a week and would take me because mm. I didn't live with my dad as a kid and would take me to skating. And it was our daddy daughter time. It was skating. So nice. And it's crazy to think that now I've return to mm, that mm. and it helps me now and obviously it's my business and it's my job mm. and a bit like how you chose the social work path yeah and I've chosen the skating path yeah. it's like you yes we need this yeah it is and it's like you're again it's like your adult self looking out for you and going we're gonna find ways to heal we're gonna find ways to get through this yeah and you healed through roller skating and I'm yeah. like and again, I want to say this because I know some of my family listen to this. I didn't have an mm. awful upbringing the whole time. <laughs> no, yeah, same. You yeah. know, we went on amazing holidays and we had a lot of fun and, and everything. But, you know, there was times that were difficult. So, yeah, but roller skating was definitely up there with the best times. Yeah. For me as a child. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for me if, too. If not the best times. There are a few other times that were obviously really yeah. fun. But roller skating just, it's like it, it knew who I was from yeah. when I was four years old. Yeah. Well, yeah, similar to you, I had skated when I was younger. It was something I did with my dad and my extended family that I felt really close to. And so I think that's a big reason why coming back to it as an adult, it helped me connect with that part of myself that had been happy, that had had a lot of happy memories on the rink. So it's, yeah, it's really beautiful that that's it is. Thank you something you skating. can connect to. I know we love you. And it's, skating. it's so interesting because before I guess we spoke in Enzo's episode mm. about trauma, I never really attached my why I have my business mm. and skating as a child and the trauma did experience mm, yeah. as a child and I didn't really connect them all together until we've been talking. Oh, me, so Amelia and I talk about this stuff yeah, a we lot do. because we have a very similar <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, we too. It's super similar upbringing. Not in some respects, not always, but but, um, but in some like. And it's so funny. Like I came home, you know, I'll just message Stacy and I'll just know you'll understand <laughs> what I mean when I talk about certain things to do with my family and the dynamics. Yes, there we love um, our family. Oh, but it's so the much. Yeah, yeah, it's the dynamics and it's the things that you know it just it just hits you. You know what I mean? Like it just your family just has a way, and I think a lot of people have the experience. Your family just knows how to like rile you up, or yeah. or something happens. You know, those dynamics play out as an adult very differently. So, anyway, but yeah, like it. That's really cool. Like that, you know. 
new awareness and new learning yeah, has come from these conversations that we're having and yeah and it's like it's great chosen our job paths maybe yeah. based on what makes us feel comfortable and and what safe we like and mm. it's very interesting that you say people that do have have had trauma in the past are very high functioning people yeah they can be they for can sure be, yeah. yeah and it's that um it's really interesting i won't go into it in too much detail because like we could do like five episodes on this let's be honest because yeah. i'm very interested in this i've you know, tried to learn a lot about it. There's a a kind of a theory or a way of looking at it is that, you know how I was talking about the hyperarousal and the hypoarousal? That hyperarousal, so people whose nervous systems, you know, actually physically, like there's evidence to show that if you've experienced trauma, your nervous system changes, your brain changes. And the good thing about that is that you can change your brain again. You know, there's so much research to show that the brain is very elastic and that we can practice and we can learn new things and we can grow as adults. So if you out there are experiencing trauma or you're just coming to a point where you're like, oh my gosh, I've been through so much. Like, is there hope? There is hope. You can heal from this. Most definitely. And there's so many different things that you can do. And, you know, this is a roller skating podcast and we tend towards skating because that's our experience. But, you know, that physical health is such an important side of, of, you know, your mental health as well. I think that physical and mental health are very connected. But what I was going to say is that there's high high arousal on the one end people tend to anxiety and there's hypo arousal on the other end which is body shutting down and those people can tend towards depression okay so it can look very different um interesting yeah it is very interesting yeah neither of them are very nice no <laughs> and 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 both can co-occur in the same people Definitely. i think that's important to note as well like so with that let's mm. talk about i guess how skating can help us heal and yeah yeah what ways this can help and we'll get into more of the i guess our experiences of yeah. how it's helped and and what our listeners have said as well exactly. i just wanted to note i think there's a few reasons why people who have experienced trauma who might have anxiety or depression linked to that might find exercise difficult like i think maybe we'll start with that and then we'll turn into how it can help I think because exercise increases kind of your what I'll call arousal, so like all of your senses are working, your system is kind of going into you know overdrive, your heart might race, you might have shortness of breath. Um, although most people don't really think about that, if you have had an experience of trauma, it, it might actually be hard to feel those things because it might switch on the things in your brain that tell you, oh, you should be sca- you should be scared, like you should have fear. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, anxiety or waking up a sweat and like turning on your nervous system in that way can actually link to you know the similar physical state you might have been in when you were experiencing trauma so I this is my theory and this is one of my own theories around why I avoided exercise for a long time was that I I didn't I I didn't want to feel things too strongly and I avoided experiences that were were challenging to me Partly because I was worried about those feelings on some level, but partly because I was like, I don't want to learn. I can't learn anything new. I'm, you know, the, that trauma had kind of told me, you know, it's too oh, hard. And and I am quite a perfectionist. I think that's part of my personality and my temperament. But I feel like that was kind of heightened through my experiences of trauma. Just, just you know, they, they combined to fir- f- form and someone that was very how perfectionist. Do you feel about it now doing exercise? Um, now... I have a very different experience. I do still only limit my exercise to skating. Um, and maybe that's something in my my future journey. Like I want to expand that a bit more and challenge myself in physical ways as well. But yeah, it, feel, it feels amazing to me. Like I was thinking about this in preparing for the, this episode and I wrote some thoughts down about how I started feeling when I came to skating. I found that pushing myself to work up a sweat really helped me to process my anger and my frustration. It was just like all of a sudden there was this new way to express these feelings that I hadn't really had access to before, if that makes sense. So that was one thing I really noticed when I started skating. I also felt like challenging myself to learn new skills actually really helped distract my brain from some pretty painful thoughts at times. And it helped me to see myself really from a new angle, I think. Like I I could now see myself as someone who was like competent, committed. There's like physical proof that I could grow and change because I could do this trick that I couldn't do two months ago Um, because I I felt more balanced within my body. Like, you know, it's like it was actually very – 
confronting isn't the right word, but it just was so strongly apparent that I was starting to feel safer in my body and more like in control. It was really, it's really amazing and tangible, like a tangible difference I could see and feel within myself. And it's so interesting that before you felt exercising or learning a new skill would be a difficult thing for for you because you think it you know it would have made it worse but for me I'm the opposite end of the spectrum Mm. where I've always known physical activity and that can be something as silly as dancing in a nightclub and not being drunk yeah (laughs) just like that physical activity component has always helped me and obviously from a very young age from being Mm. a roller skater but then into my teens I was heavily into netball and I really really enjoyed Doing that activity with my mum, it was just something that oh, like cool. made me feel better. And then obviously in, when I stopped skating, I just became a bit of a party girl and going out dancing with my friends again. Mm. But we used to dance. I'm not just talking about <laughs> going out and having a couple of drinks. Me and my, <laughs> my besties, we would go out and dance all night long. We were on the dance floor and I just feel like that always made me feel so much better. Yeah. You know, I wake up the next day and now as an adult... You know, obviously roller skating a lot, but I do a lot of HIIT training, so high-intensity interval training, and that really helps with my anxiety, which I do, you know, suffer from on, I know, I maybe weekly sometimes, sometimes monthly, just depends Mm. on the situation, but HIIT training really really helps me and I've discovered that a little bit later in life Mm. and I hated the gym beforehand but now I know it makes me feel better and running is the other thing that I've always 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 disliked Mm. and now I just know it helps my mood and helps my anxiety so much more but I've always been a physically active person so I feel like me being able to jump into that more and more and more and more has has helped helped. as Mm. an adult especially so yeah yeah, but I've always known that. It's, I yeah. think it's always been something that I've leant towards Yeah, where other people will lean towards other things. Other things, yeah. I was a bookworm and that was where I threw myself. But, you know, and it like I think it's important to note as well, like I think both you and I seem to tend towards anxiety, but the way this plays out for a lot of people is in depression. And when you feel depressed, like – you might have low motivation, no energy, like low energy. Yeah, I can't even imagine. You tend towards isolating yourself, and like given that, it's it it's even harder to kind of get out there, put yourself out there. Um, part of avoiding the gym and like other activities like that for me was that I was actually really like embarrassed. I was like, oh, I didn't play a lot of sport when I was a kid. People are going to judge me. People are going to think worse of me like there was a real shame factor there Mm -hmm. so it was really hard for me to start even coming to roller fit like everyone was so nice and I I immediately felt welcome but it still was hard to me for me to commit to going because I was worried about how I would look to other people and what other people would think of me and I think anyone going to a new Mm. activity I even now when I decide to do something new like I would love to get more into surfing and I'm very Mm. bad at it I am too nervous to go out you know it's things like that or even I still don't like the gym that much but no I have to go yeah and I still feel nervous sometimes walking Mm. into a gym knowing I want to do some weights thing but knowing that I really can't lift that many weights or you know Mm. I understand what you're saying it's you feel like everyone's gonna judge you and look at you but in all honesty they're probably just looking at themselves totally looking at themselves they are definitely looking at themselves 100 yeah for me Matt actually I didn't fully ask him to I was just like hey Matt skating's really fun I think he would really enjoy it it was something that we actually did together a few times when we were younger and to be honest having someone who helped who would help me get there actually really motivated me to to keep going and and you know sometimes physically like organizing someone to pick you up honestly or like you know set a date with a friend that to me has been probably one of the most impactful ways in terms of actually getting there and doing the thing and knowing that I'll feel better after and I think the hardest thing is getting there right yeah like for anything you do and not just saying exercise or roller skating but even going to someone's birthday party the hardest thing Mm. is always getting there and I feel if you schedule in your exercise or your roller skating and it's I, we've spoken about this in many other mm, episodes. We have. It's on this night at this time, and it just really, really helps. You know, yeah, that you, totally. You know, even writing it in your diary. I know this just sounds so silly, but I'm obsessed with writing things down and having your diary and actually physically writing it in there, like skating tonight at X Y Z. Yeah. And when you're reading it at the start of the week, 
you know, those little motivation it's points. It's in there. That's a really help, good rather idea. Rather than just having it in your head. That's like, a really oh, good idea. And I write, I'm a serial write everything down. Mm. I think getting everything out of your head and on paper yeah. just makes just makes it a little bit easier. I think so too. But scheduling things in and as you say, someone actually coming to pick you up. Yeah. Um, it can be so helpful. Yeah, obviously a lot of people drive <clears> there themselves or if they lose yeah. their license and someone <laughs> picks them up. Stacey said that because I lost my license for a year. Ooh. I remember when I was Talking about trauma. Oh, that's <laughs> right. You were picking me up. That's anyway. right. Yeah, we've all had periods where we need a little help and and asking for help as you said yeah. like being like this is something i want to do i know it's going to be good for my mental physical health i'm going to put myself out there and like take a chance and ask for some help if i need it yeah i think that's important too it's actually one of the things i do like about social media actually mm. that you know i have this fitness class that i go to where i live on the central coast i really really love it it's um full of really really amazing women all who have kids i'm like the only one without a, a kid and they all bring their kids and it's the most adorable great class and i want to go there more but i just struggle sometimes to get myself mm. there but then i'll see her social media post you know the night oh. before and then i'll be like okay it's a motivator you know, yeah that's true a motivator so making sure you're always following people i guess or businesses that motivate you and not the other way bring around. you down yeah. yeah that's true there are both and look if you if you don't you know, hear it from us guys that skating is amazing and can really help your mental and physical well-being. But there's also some really positive emerging research on the relationship between regular exercise and trauma symptoms. So there isn't a lot around, but what there is, is showing that like, you know, doing regular, even short bursts of exercise through the week, like one or two sessions can actually lead to a significant decrease in trauma systems, depression, better sleep quality. Yeah. So there does need to be more research done on the connection between exercise and, and you know, recovering from trauma. But, I, you know, there is a pretty strong evidence there to say that, you know, it can, it can really help. Um, and as you say, those short bursts, mm. I'm like a very big believer in even just doing it for 10 or 20 minutes. I come from a style of skating where you would train for hours on end, three, four hours, five hours, and it wasn't until mm. I got injured and dislocated my knee and mm. was off skates for all that time that I knew I injured myself because I was tired. And now I find I do do long skates as well, but I think the short bursts are just as important. Mm. If you only have 10 minutes to yeah. put on your skates, I think that is way better than nothing, which is literally really what I point. did yesterday mm. or the day before. I literally skated for 10 minutes. Mm. But knowing that I did that today makes me feel so much better than is I didn't do it. Yeah, that's so good. It's so true. And it's just like that long term. It's looking at yourself holistically and it's looking at the long term as well. It's like, okay, I feel really bad today. But is there something I can do today that might help me even just feel a little bit better later in the day or tomorrow? Because when you're really particularly deep in that depression or anxiety, if you're really going through stuff, it's like it's so hard to look at the bigger picture. It's, yeah. you know, but just moving, gentle movement doesn't have yeah. to be something huge. And it doesn't need to be for a long period of time. You don't need mm. to be unlocking a trick or, no. you know, anything like that. Like literally you can just skate down yeah. the street, get a coffee and come home. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel that is an achievement or say you do have a longer skate session and it doesn't go as well as you'd hoped and you didn't end up getting that skill that you'd hope the fact the mere fact that you got there and did it yeah I think is incredible and one of the things I always say to people at roller fit you know they walk in the door I'm like oh how are you this week oh you know it's been a tough week for xyz mm. I'm like well you know what you actually got here so good on you good on you like yeah. the major thing is getting through that door and putting your skates on the rest, you know, the rest, yep. just enjoy it. For sure. And I think well, related to that, that was kind of a question that I wanted to float because this is something a few people have asked me is what can you do when you're failing or you're not progressing with your skating? Because that can, for me, it does bring up old feelings, like old wounds, old scars, old like narratives you might have about yourself. Like you're not good enough. Yeah. You're not going to get better. Like what do you do? do when you feel frustrated with not progressing so and i mean this happens i think with a lot of people more often than not mm. <laughs> especially when you're learning a new skill but i tend to again i, I write a lot of things down mm. and i'm not a very good writer so i do a lot of bullet points but i might write down okay what have i been working on the last month and then you actually look back and you say hang on i actually have done mm. a lot mm. you know i might not be progressing in 
where I want to be progressing, but I'm progressing in another way. Yeah. And I also just feel like time on skates. It doesn't matter, again, if you're unlocking a trick or doing something crazy, time on skates is always going to get you to your goal. Yeah, that's so in, true. In my opinion. The smallest like, time, yeah. Know, my dad used to always say this to me because we used to spend a lot of the time at the roller skating rink and my best friend's parents owned a rink. And mm. my dad would always say the kids who were sure getting competitive training as in like getting a, a private coach say they're getting a private coach three four times a week well obviously amazing skaters but the ones who were doing that plus doing the normal sessions going to the rink on a saturday for three hours and just mm. going in circles or you know going on a friday night with their friends they're the ones that even got better just because they was time on skate totally so, i've really seen that and you see that with the people that we coach it's yeah. like the ones that are coming in and out who might not be yeah doing crazy tricks or whatever like you know but who were just skating, it's just, just skates. it's incredible how much of a difference yeah. it makes. So I think, I guess, coming back to the question is, I know it's hard not to beat yourself up mm. about, mm. I guess, not progressing, but I feel like you always are progressing if you are on skates. I agree. Um, and actually, I haven't even told you this because I mm. totally forgot, but when we did a photo shoot recently that my dad was at, my dad mm. was like, Matt and Amelia have gotten really good. They're actually really Aww. comfortable on their skates. That's awesome. And that's like a huge, um, <laughs> a huge thing for my dad to say yeah. because he always looks at people and says yeah. they look comfortable or they don't. And that's his, it's like not a judgment, but he's saying like, if you look really comfortable on skates, you've progressed a lot. Mm. Like if you just look like you, you know, they're an extension of your legs, you mm. know. So I just thought that was an interesting, like, observation. That's beautiful. Well, and your dad. dad's a, a judge and, you know, in, in skating. So I really trust and value his opinion. He's seen a lot of people skate. Yeah. So, and, you know, mm. you might not be able to do a double backflip, but. <laughs> <laughs> Slash one, two. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. But, you know, your time on skates has yeah. made you a competent, comfortable skater. And yeah. people look at you and be like, wow, she's a really good, competent, comfortable yeah. skater. Yeah. Because I can cruise and I feel I feel good. Yeah, that's true. Thanks. That makes me feel that makes you feel good. Yeah, I've totally Thanks, Stephen. Yeah. My, my I'll have to thank like, you. Matt and Amelia look really good on yeah. at the moment. They're well, just like they look so comfortable. Yeah. But I t- I definitely put that down to time on skates. Because exactly. we've just did that. We just committed to going three times a week. Yeah, and just to put this in perspective, we were literally on a photo shoot. It's not like they were doing anything crazy no. or anything dancey or I think my dad was just saying generally they look comfortable, they look happy. And I mm. think at the end of the day, that's the most important thing, that you're comfortable, you're happy, you're safe. Yeah. You know. Totally. And, yeah, I, I guess I wanted to respond to this question not necessarily from me as someone who's experienced trauma, but I feel like I have come across people in classes. And I guess maybe because of my social work training, I feel like I, I tend to be able to spot people who are going through something. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, maybe it's obvious, you know, but once I can see someone's feeling really anxious or really depressed or just like maybe they've been triggered by something, something's going on. This is what I do to try to help them not go into that place where they're running over stuff, saying negative things to them. I tend to give them a little bit of space because in my mind, I'm like, okay, like people who have been through trauma, like might need to have some some time to come. And generally people who have anxiety or depression or have been through some really difficult stuff, it takes them longer to regulate their emotions. So I try to give that person a bit of space. I try to remind them it's totally okay to go at your own pace. You know, you don't have to push yourself. If you're not feeling it today, you are ex- exactly as you were saying, you're on skates. You got here. You got there. That's the most important You're seeing part. people. You're, you're out. Like, you know, like this is so amazing. I think one really good thing, I hadn't really thought about this before I was preparing for this episode, but for me, one really good thing about Roller Fit is the it's got it's predictable in that it has a program, and my brain really likes that because I know what to expect and I feel safe and I feel grounded. But there's just enough kind of different things each class to keep me excited and interested for what there's going to be. So I feel like that combination of predictability and like novelty is really good for me. Thank you. Yeah, it's really good. I did design it with mm, that thought. Yeah, it's just so nice to be like, I know what I'm going to do and yeah. I'm, I'm going to go over certain drills and there's going to be parts where I can just do it and if I don't want to push myself, I'm growing. Yeah. Um, so that's been really, really good. Whenever I see someone, again, who's like maybe struggling in a class, is feeling frustrated or like negative, I try to be kind and, and patient. I try to be like, it's okay. Like, you know what I mean? You think about it. If you're having like a hard day, you want support you want empathy you want understanding and I think that's really important particularly for people who have been through trauma and 
yeah, uh, that's kind of what, what, what I think about, like, you know, go your own pace, take care of yourself. If you need a break, take a break. Like no one is going to force you to do anything in this class environment. And I think that goes for outside of a roller fit class or outside of skating as well. Like give yourself some space, let yourself calm down, focus on the surroundings, like what's immediately around you, yeah. do some breathing and decide, you know, do I want to keep going or do I just want to yeah. go look after myself in a different way today? It doesn't always have to be skating. Yeah, exactly. And every extra five, 10 minutes, mm. 10 hours you spend on skates, whatever it might be, you're going to be 10 minutes better than you were the session before yep. or 20 minutes better than you were the session before. I think mm. people need to, I guess, again, I'm just, I'm a big advocate for people not always having to land a trick totally, <laughs> or having to get a dance perfect or, you know, anything I think you know, in trying to enjoy the learning process. Sure, we all plateau. It's just part of it. Try something different. Just skate down the path that day and then mm. maybe that will re-spark your, you know, your thoughts and your energy. And yeah, yeah. I just think every 10 minutes you spend on skates, you're 10 minutes better off than you were beforehand, yeah. even if you're not landing a new trick. Yeah, yeah. And be kind to yourself. Look at the things you have achieved rather yeah, than exactly. what you are back. not. And write mm. them down when that's something we spoke mm. about. Episode about how we're talking about planning and planning and yeah. writing it down. You don't necessarily have to plan what you're doing. I'm not a planner when it comes necessarily to my training these days, but I do write down sometimes what I did do that day. Yeah, you know, and almost like tick it off. Like, oh, I'm glad. It's really I, good. I'm glad I practiced that. It might not be perfect, but you know, yeah. Tick off the list. But and again, like, there's a lot to say. Again, like the science of that of writing stuff down is that that's just another way to reinforce what you're what you're saying do you know what I mean like and it's actually quite powerful to read something that you wrote by your hand in your voice like you're reaffirming that to yourself and that's how you change the pathways in your brain like that's what we know scientifically that's been you know the more you repeat something to yourself you can actually change the your approach to to things to skating to life to yourself um so yeah I love all your writing things down tips that's something I'm definitely going to do more with with skating specifically and like pen to pen personally pen to paper is better than yeah i think so too i just feel like i just i just love writing yeah it's very tangible more and more obsessed with it as i get older Mm. as well Mm. which is not a bad thing it's so cool and get a pretty diary like go out and buy yourself a nice diary that's nice and like a nice pen i like writing with different colored felt tip pens like there's something about that that just makes me feel really happy enjoy it more (laughs) Mm. so i thought we might perhaps finish with some (laughs) people took the time to like send me how skating helps helped them heal from their trauma. And I just wanted to read some of these out because these are just direct quotes from people who have had a powerful experience and took the time to share them. Yeah. So I thought I'd share those as maybe a way to end today. Um, <clears throat> skating gave me a purpose, helped me make friends, helped me understand the struggle is worth it, helped me to get up again. Um, one of our other followers i'll say followers because this all came through instagram um i forget all my worries and problems when i skate it's the best therapy this person i like this one i love how falling and failing is such a part of skating you become more comfortable with failing and that's really helped me manage stress perfectionism and grad school i could have written that that sounds like me like (laughs) learning how to fail and learning that like literally you sometimes only learn by making mistakes you fall in skating when you're challenging yourself and that's the path to growth there's nothing wrong with falling and failing you know you only learn and grow from every fall or every trip yeah for sure it's so true um this person says roller skating has put some childlike fun back in my life which has rippled to all aspects of my life that's so me as well um <laughs> sk- skating i didn't i promise this is this is all from instagram other people skating helps me block everything else out because when you're on skates you have to put all your focus and attention into that that's a good one mindfulness and that mind body connection skating gives me confidence when i feel like i can't do anything right wow that's so um nice. skating makes me exercise gives me endorphins again those happy chemicals flowing through you Skating makes you happy. Happy people don't kill their husbands. <laughs> Legally blonde quote. Um, it's helped me overcome fears and forget everything else while I'm on the rink. And yeah, I just wanted to shout out in particular to two people, Ellie and Ruth, who actually reached out to me in great detail and sent me emails about their thoughts and, and their thoughts helped me kind of put together stuff in this episode. So I wanted to, so I wanted to shout out to them. Yeah. So Ruth was kind of sharing that about um, this concept of learned helplessness, 
So that can happen in conjunction with trauma when someone feels stuck in a situation and powerless to escape it. Mm. And Ruth was saying having control over your muscles, going down a ramp, moving through the air is empowering and feels to me as though it reverses that learned helplessness because I'm not feeling stuck either physically or metaphorically. I'm like physically moving forward, um, which is so amazing. Um, And then Ellie shared that skating entered her life at a very difficult time she was getting treatment for borderline personality disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder both as a result of some pretty intense trauma and actually the group of people that she was in a treatment group with all discovered skating at the same time oh wow and and it's kind of continued to skate and she said for some of them it was a way to vent anger to gain a sense of pride and purpose a way to ground the body and help it feel safe so that the mind can also feel safe and ellie said that skating for her feels like home She said that rampant park skating again brings a rhythm that brings my body and mind together. I'm fully in the moment and I doubt I would even notice if a trigger was to happen nearby. It's like a literal protection for me from my trauma. It's the most amazing break my mind needs. It's had such a significant effect on my ability to manage my PTSD, the emotions, the triggers. And it's given me a purpose and an aim and a bloody good bunch of people to skate with. Direct quote. Thank you, Ellie and Ruth. Thank you so much, everyone, for sharing with us. Obviously, this we haven't been able to cover everything, but this is just a little bit about our experiences of trauma and how skating is, has helped that, and it has been an incredible help. We hope this mm. episode has helped you in some way. Yeah. Um, we would happily do a follow-up episode mm. of answering, I guess, more questions. Yeah, I'm open know, to that. doesn't necessarily need to be about trauma, but more about motivation. Um, I know we had a few questions about staying motivated and things like that, mm. so maybe we'll do another episode on that. But just always remember... When you jump on skates, you always feel so much better. Yeah, you really do. And um, that's what helps you get out. That's what I think about when I walk mm, out the door. Mm. And it's so hard. It's, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. And then yeah. you just know that you're going to feel so much better yeah. as soon as you start lacing up. And it just makes life better. And the people, I think the people, the people help you skate well, with, definitely. is a, it's a huge difference. And I have you to skate with, which yeah. makes me very happy. So, But we're going to wrap this mm. episode up. We're not going to do our normal um, mm wrap up that we do nah this has been more of a reflective episode we just wanted to be a reflective episode Mm. we wanted to um you know respect the episode and all the messages people sent us totally so but thank you and And sweet skate skate dreams